Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Jade sprung this on me and uh, Jaden over there four weeks ago and said we were going to go and then, uh, you know, quarantine hit again and then we were stuck and then I sprung us on us on Sunday and said, hey, uh, you guys are up. So the Bible says to be uh, ready in season and out of season. So here we are. So um, first, first off, um, I'm a history guy, so I always have to have a backstory to everything or figure out how everything started and how everything goes down. But first, um, the name of my message, I probably should start with that first. Um, the name of my message is um, Don't Get Accustomed to the Darkness. Don't Get Accustomed to the Darkness. So the first verse I have for us here, um, I'm going to start in Exodus 3, verse 7, 8, and 9 is where I'm going to start. So... In Exodus um, 3, Moses um, and the burning bush is what's going on here. So uh, Moses is being, you know, told to go to Egypt and get uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. So in the Bible reads, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their city be, be reached reason of their taskmakers, for I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perseites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel come is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppressions wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. So in this little package of scripture here, um, God's basically saying, I know that the Israelites are in bondage. I know that they're, they're in chains. I know that they're accustomed to this darkness. So Backstory Again, I said I was a history guy to start with, so I always have to figure out why the Israelites were in Egypt, why they were in this situation in the first place. So Joseph, um, who was an Israelite, um, moved, basically moved to Egypt and was a, like, during a famine and was appointed to a higher office in Egypt. And the Israelites spent the next 400, around 430 years in Egypt. So 430 years is a very long time. So just to put that in perspective, I'm only 20, and for me to fathom 430 years after everything I've been through in just 20, it's quite a bit. So they've been there for 430 years, and of course, you know, the number of the Israelites obviously had to grow in that span of time. So Pharaoh became very nervous that the Israelites would end up taking over Egypt and end up overpowering his throne. So he did what he had to do in his mind and enslaved the Israelites. So therefore, they were living in bondage. They were living in slavery. They were basically put down and put at the lowest class system that they had and were forced to work for no pay, no anything. They were just forced into bondage. So, you know, we all know the story of Moses and how Moses was called to get the Israelites out of Egypt. So, 
Moses goes to Egypt, and then the plagues happen, and then so on and so forth. We carry on through there, and he manages to gain, to get the Israelites out of Egypt, with some struggles, obviously, but they had a long journey ahead of them. Obviously, the land that is in the word here in Exodus, the land of milk and honey, the land of Canaan, is quite a distance from Egypt to where they had to go. So they had, they had quite a bit of a travel there. But during this travel, it kind of didn't go very well for the Israelites. They started to you know, get discouraged, get upset, get mad, get, you know, just complaining. I know my dad over there, he's, he's with us tonight. I'm glad to have him here to hear me. But he does not like flying in airplanes. So we have to drive everywhere, whether that be 22-hour drives to Virginia Beach or multiple drives down to North Carolina where we go visit family or drive to Florida, never flying anywhere. We always drove. That's just how it's always been. And you know how those long car rides go. I get restless after one hour of driving. Or we have to, since I now am dating Carly, she has to pee every 30 minutes on a drive. So we have to stop and go to the bathroom or stop and get something. But what does that lead to? It leads to a little bit of restlessness. We get there, um, we get there and we, we don't like to sit in one place for one time or not be able to get to our destination. Say on our drives to Florida, we, all, we wanted to get to the beach so bad, we were getting a little restless there. And you always hear the, the famous saying, are we there yet? How much longer? Are we gonna get there yet? Man, we've been in this car for hours. Hey, can you pass the snacks? Mom, he's kicking me. Mom, that sort of thing. So complaining comes along with that. And then uh, the next verse I'm gonna, let's draw it back in here. So the next verse I'm gonna get to is Numbers 11, and we'll start in verse one. And my Bible's really cool. It has little subtitles, or little subheadings above, like the verses where it goes into, or chapters, or what have you. And this one says, the people complain. So Numbers 11 and one says, and when the, the people complained, complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. So the key word there I really want to focus on is complained. So the Israelites were getting brought out of bondage, yet they complained. Yet they were complaining about their situation. They were getting brought out of the worst situation imaginable, slavery, to then complaining about getting out of it. That just sparked something in my mind when I was reading this, and I was like, why, why were they complaining? You know, if you read through this, the Israelites complained that they weren't getting water, so God provided water for them. They didn't thank them for it. They just moved on to the next thing. They moved on to the next thing. They weren't getting food. So God provided food. But they didn't thank him for it. They just complained about the next thing. He provided for them there. And they didn't thank him. They just complained about the next thing. And complained about the next thing. And complained about the next thing. So the Israelites just sat there complaining. So God got mad at them. 
I mean, obviously, obviously my mom probably, after a while, probably turned around and said, I'm going to backhand you in the next week if I was sitting in the back of the car complaining. So that's basically what happens here is that the Israelites were complaining so much that, you know, God got mad and had to do what he had to do. But then another thing sparked in my mind was that why were, why were they complaining so much? They were in the worst situation possible. They were in slavery. They were in bondage. They, were, they didn't have any freedom. So I was like, why, why would they complain? But then I realized, I mean, me being a history teacher, I look back at other people that were in slavery. You know, in the U.S., we had the Civil War, which slavery was a big effect of that. And when the slaves became free in the United States, they didn't immediately go run and go look for jobs. They didn't go run and, like, this is what I want to do first. Like, I want to go eat a cheeseburger or something. No, what, what they did was they were like, oh, we're free. Let's go back and work in the fields. They, were, they weren't ready for freedom. They weren't ready for that next step they turned back and went back to the fields. And as I said earlier, these Israelites were in bondage for 430 years, around about 430 years. So that's a generation that was born into slavery. That's not a generation that just moved there for like five years and then said, okay, we're going to go back, we're free again. They were embedded in them. That was a part of them. That was what they were used to. They were accustomed to the darkness. So the Israelites were accustomed to being in chains. They were accustomed to being in, in bondage. And let me switch gears here for a second. How many of you guys have been in darkness? Probably all of you. I mean, me being a teacher, I'm the mean teacher where I'll turn off the lights where they're watching a the video and then. As soon as their eyes adjust to the darkness, I flip the, video, or flip the lights back on and everyone goes, ah. I love doing that, waking kids up. But like I said, your eyes will adjust after a while. Yeah. You know, when you first shut off the lights or you first walk out in a very dark night, you can barely see your hand in front of your face. But what happens is your eyes adjust to that darkness. You become accustomed to that darkness. As Christians we have become accustomed to darkness. There is darkness all around us. This world is full of darkness. This world is full of sin. And we as Christians have become accustomed to that. We as Christians have become accustomed to sinning. We have become accustomed to allowing things into our life that we shouldn't allow into our life. We have become accustomed to allowing sin to slowly creep and tear us down. We have allowed, allowed ourselves to step away from God's word and put our time into something else. I know this message is probably more for me in it than anyone else here tonight, but I feel myself wanting to, to go more towards God and get closer to God, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this. I don't prioritize my time. I'm becoming accustomed to the darkness, and I'm turning my back on God. I'm not putting my time towards God. I'm not, that's all he wants. All he wants is for us to put our time towards him, to sit 
and kneel and pray and read and get closer to him to draw that connection. But all we do is we become accustomed to the darkness and we turn away and we put our time to other things. We get in a routine. We get into our daily lives where we don't have that connection with God. We don't build that relationship and it just falls apart. And then we're wondering why we're sitting here in these dark situations, why we're sitting here in these dark times when we haven't put our time towards God. We haven't drawn towards the light. We've drawn towards the darkness. I know you always hear that one saying when your buddy wants you to come out with them. They're like, come on, man, just this one time. It's all right. Just let it slide this one time. You'll be fine. Just let it slide that one time. So you let it slide that one time. And then you're like, oh, this is the last time, I promise. And then the last time turns into another last time. And then that last time turns into another last time. But when's that last time going to be actually that last time? When's that? I thought you said last time, last time. Oh, no, I said last time, last time after I said last time. But it was the last time after that last time, wasn't it? When are we finally going to stop and say, this is the last time? I'm going to put my time towards God. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to pray. I'm going to build that relationship. I'm going to get into my word. I'm going to dive into my word. I'm going to draw that connection to to God, and he's going to be the real leader of my life. All he wants is for him to be first in our life. But we, we neglect that, and we put other things first. We put school first. We put baseball first. Uh, that, that was a big thing in my life. I put baseball first instead of God. You put everything else first but God. And that's all he wants us to do. That's all he wants us to do is put him first. To put him first in our lives. And he, he said he will lead you and guide you. He will be a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. That's all he wants to do. But we put other things first. We put work first. We put whatever we want first. It's easy to do to get distracted in this world. But this world, all this world will bring you is hurt and pain. All this world will bring you is darkness. We need to stop complaining and stop worrying and just draw closer to God. Draw closer to his promises. Draw closer to what he wants for us. And then back to the Israelites here. The Israelites were so accustomed to the darkness, they didn't realize what was what was going on. They didn't realize the promise that God promised them. God promised them the best thing imaginable. He promised them a land flowing of milk and honey. Guys, we're this close to revival. That's The promise is right there. God's just looking at us, and he's like, I gave you all of this, and you're going to sit here, and you're going to put your time into all of that. You're going to put your time into this world. You're going to put your time into going out partying. You're going to put your time into that. We're this close to revival. Wake up! Ronnie's been preaching it for the past few weeks. We're this close. We need to wake up. We need to turn to the Word. We need to turn to God instead of turning to this world. We're this close to revival. The Israelites were this close. This close. I feel like they walked around it. They probably, if they would have turned to their right, I bet you they would have saw it. They would have just passed by it and saw it. But all they did, they were so focused on everything else. So focused on everything else. The promise was right there. But they just sat there and complained. They just sat there and complained. Guys, we're this close. We've come too far to turn back. Exactly. We've come too far to, come, to turn around and go back. 
Hello everybody, we just want to come to you today and say thank you so much for taking some time to watch us. Um, we hope that this message was encouraging and a blessing to you. Um, feel free to private message us and follow us on all social media platforms that will be listed below. Thank you guys and have a great day.